As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome back to the Athletic Baseball Show for Monday, July 31st. This is On Deck. I'm Stephen Nesbitt. I'm here with Levi Weaver. And Levi, uh, everything's going to change by the time the people hear this. We're recording this Sunday night. Wild things have happened the last few days. Wild things surely to come between now and Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern. But uh, we're alive. We're kicking. The newsletter is ready to roll, I'm sure, for Monday morning. Levi, how is how your, 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 your deadline weekend frenzy going? I see. I, I have a uh, a long-standing history that anytime the Rangers pull off a big trade, I'm in the middle of something else, like trying to do something that is not Rangers related. Well, I'm not the Rangers beat writer anymore. So I was playing Sandlot baseball yesterday, and I said, "I've got this game starting at seven o'clock. The Rangers are going to pull off a trade just a little after seven o'clock central." Sure enough, the Max Scherzer trade goes live seven thirty p.m. while I am in the third base dugout pretending that I'm 20 years younger than I am. Uh, they did, uh, yeah, it's it's just been a, an absolutely crazy couple of days for the Rangers. But today's uh, show, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about our series of the week. Uh, and Stephen, of course, is going to tell us about the three new Twitter replacement social media apps that he has built uh, on his home computer, Commodore 64. Cannot wait to hear all about that and sign up for nesbitter.com. Everything's in beta, but you're going to get an invite right off the bat. So the Rangers, bottom line, just got better. Um, they got different. They got better. They brought in Max Scherzer. May have heard of him. Future Hall of Famer, three-time Cy Young winner, World Series champ in 2019. Not really vintage Max This uh, so far this season. Has some injury problems. Has an ERA north of four right now. But still, it's Max Scherzer. They added Jordan Montgomery, who's been really good for the Cardinals. I feel like the the line you're always going to give about him is he's like he's not your game one starter. He might start you a game in the postseason, but the Yankees traded him basically last year because he wasn't going to start a game for them in the postseason. But he's useful. I mean, he's a three three five ERA type guy every single year. And then they added Chris Stratton, um, arm out of the bullpen. I covered him for for a bit in Pittsburgh. Guy who uh, it was sort of a bounced around waiver claim type guy early in his career and then settled into having a really nice career. Got traded to St. Louis. Got traded now to. Uh, Texas, he'll be useful, probably not handle late innings, but they're better. And, and what it cost the Rangers was their, I think I saw earlier, it was their number three, number 11, and number 12, maybe, prospects. So Something not like really that, like, yeah. 
cream of the crop as far as, as what they have, but Luis Angel Acuna, of course, is always going to catch people's attention, given that he's Ronnie Acuna's little brother, stealing 40-plus bags already at this point in the minor league season. He's got the speed. He's got the contact tool. He's got patience. The numbers at AA are really good. He's, he's young for the for level two. So, yes, this is a move the Rangers could regret to some degree down the road. But, I mean, Levi, the way I look at it is, is I don't think you can possibly – give too much grief to Chris Young and the team there for deciding to go for it, adding uh, an arm, the caliber of Max Scherzer, because their middle infield is, is shorn up for what a long it? time, well, five, 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 five very, years for Simeon and maybe like yeah. eight for Corey Seager. So I think they can do without Acuna, even if he turns into another, another great Acuna in the uh, NL East. The Rangers needed to shore up their bullpen. They actually addressed that a little earlier in the season by acquiring Aroldis Chapman. Stratton, as you said, not a guy that's probably going to be like a big late-inning guy, but they just they needed arms for that bullpen. Everybody that they run out there has just been kind of inconsistent. Uh, meanwhile, their rotation, which was meant to be a huge, huge strength coming into the season, well, Jacob deGrom is out. Nathan Evaldi just hit the IL. They're saying they don't expect it to be a big deal, but you hear forearm and you're like, well, that's generally not a small deal. Andrew Heaney hasn't been great. Martin Perez has been extremely not great. And so you basically have John Gray out there uh, doing exactly what we all expected John Gray to do. So yeah, they needed to replace some uh, top of the rotation spots. They did that with Scherzer and Montgomery. And I think they are now kind of kind of set. I wouldn't be surprised if they go out and grab another bat before it's all said and done. Would not at all be surprised if they grab another late innings bullpen arm. I know they were you know, reported to be in on Jordan Hicks before Hicks was traded to uh, the Blue Jays. But, you know, as you said, like there, there are some really interesting prospect names. Acuna is the big one. Thomas Sejaci is probably going to be one of those scrappy guys that stays in the league for 12, 15 years. Probably not a superstar, but good hit tool. Incredible teammate from what I've heard just from talking to people. Yeah, he's, he's like everybody's favorite teammate. So good fit for St. Louis. Uh, TK Roby is, it could be maybe the most interesting name if we look back on this trade in 10 years. Definitely has the potential to be a very good starting pitcher in the big leagues. But you don't, like the Rangers are not in wait for three to five years from now mode. They are trying to win now and it's time. And so that's why you go through those years and years of being sellers and drafting well and getting those high draft picks. It's so that when you're in a position to win, you can go win. They've got to hold off the Astros and this is this is how you do it. You improve the team when you've got a shot. Yeah, so to update where we are in the in the standings today, Texas has a one-game lead on Houston right now in the division. It's going to be scratching and clawing the rest of the way. Houston's going to upgrade to some degree. There's been conversation about whether they get Justin Verlander, um, which would be obviously a very interesting reunion there. means all sorts of stuff on the Mets side as far as money. But we'll uh, get to that, I guess, a little bit later. But I think Texas is in a, a good enough position where I feel good saying they're, they're going to line themselves up nicely for the wild card, if not the division. But then if you're looking at a three-game wild card, and Eovaldi is a real question mark right now. We were just discussing this last week. Like, who are your three for a wild card? And Andrew Heaney was your third. And now without Eovaldi, he would have been your second. And now you're looking at, okay, John Gray, Max Scherzer, and Jordan Montgomery, even if Eovaldi isn't available, that, I feel a lot better about that. And then if you get into a, a seven-game series, then suddenly I'm not looking at the Rangers – rotation like kind of with a, my eye cocked a little bit i'd say hey i l- would love for them to have jake to ground but mm, this is pretty good this is good for this year and, and and set up well for next year 
And if you get into a seven-game series, hey, Dane Dunning has been a whole lot better than anybody expected him to be this year. That's not a bad fourth starter for a for a playoff team. Yes, you would prefer that it be Ivaldi, Scherzer, Gray Montgomery. Great. But if one of those guys is down or unavailable, you could do worse than Dane Dunning. I want to get your take quickly on, on the Mets side of this because we don't know how the money is all going to shake out. But they made they made this move to shed significant salary however well salary plus like luxury tax stuff you're gonna have to be like a real accountant to figure all this out but steve cohen this steve cohen basically did this to say we're gonna give ourselves a better chance in the future by not running out there with um they were owed i think like 86 million to verlander Scherzer next year and they're gonna get some of that back but still they're paying 35 million to the rangers to take this and it's uh it's adding up to it I think if you if you lumped it all that salary to next year, it's something like twenty two million that they're gonna Rangers are gonna cover. It's basically for for this year and the the rest of this year and next year, uh, they're paying like Carlos Rodon money to Max Scherzer, and of course, so of course Acuna is an important prospect. Uh, he could turn into a great player, but the Mets are, are doing something only Steve Cohen probably is willing to do right now. And so I guess good for him. We were grading this trade the other night, and I think uh, Bridge Roley and, and Rustin Dodd gave it. A's, I think straight A's, and, and I just I couldn't get there for the Mets because I know it's good and it's just money, but boy, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money to eat to, to get rid of a future Hall of Famer, and so I gave it a B plus. Got close to it, but I, I wanted to, to just like talk about the money. It's all relative, right? When you got Steve Cohen money, like it's maybe not that much money, really. I would not go spend two hundred and fifty dollars on sneakers, but would you know Max Scherzer? Yeah, and and he would not think about it. So is two hundred and fifty dollars a lot of money, or is it not? it's all relative. It depends on who you're asking. So I think if this is what the Mets wanted to do, and I think that's what they're going to have to do if they want to trade Justin Verlander as well. I don't think anybody in their right mind is going to pay that much money unless you're just giving Verlander to them. And maybe not even then he's going to have to pay more. And if it's Steve Cohen money, then, you know, maybe that's not a big deal if he is taking the tack that he wants to take. And it sounds like Verlander is willing to waive his no trade clause based on, you know, stories I've read in the last, uh, well, today saying that he's kind of got to reconsider his future with the Mets and seemed like he would be willing to do that. So we could see Verlander on the move as well. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Guys tend to think looking sharp means starchy Oxfords and stiff chinos rather than effortless comfort, but it's possible to have it both ways. I'm all set for summer thanks to Mack Weldon. The Vesper polo shirt is so breathable you can wear it on the golf course, but it looks classy enough to wear to a party. The Maverick Tech Chino short is ultra flexible, and the Pima Crew Neck t-shirt is perfect for those casual weekends. There's no need to be uncomfortable in your clothing ever again. Some guys just want to look good without calling attention to themselves. Mack Weldon Apparel gives you understated good looks for understated confidence. Mack Weldon clothes are designed to fit your style and the demands of modern life. They look like regular clothes but feel like the latest in modern comfort. They're the go-to choice for guys who want to look great without even trying. 
Breathable underwear that keeps you cool, dry, and comfy all day. Crazy comfortable but elevated sweatpants. An upgraded classic polo with antimicrobial silver threads. An ultra soft antimicrobial tee for when you need to stay fresh longer. That's the Silver Crew Neck T-shirt. Get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mack Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with promo code MLBSHOW. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com. Promo code MLB show. Let's jump into our series of the week. I have the Diamondbacks and the Giants, and this is interesting to me because for the longest time, the Arizona Diamondbacks were in first place in the NL West. Well, they are no longer in first place. The Dodgers are, and guess what? They are no longer in second place either because the San Francisco Giants have surpassed them. I want to take a look at the standings real quick. And again, we're, we're this is as of Sunday night, but most of the games have been finished. So by the time this uh, goes live, it should still be relatively uh, relevant. Looking at the wildcard teams in the National League, the top three are the Giants, the Marlins, and the Brewers. After that, it's the Phillies, Diamondbacks. All five of those teams in their last 10 games have a losing record. The first team, as you go down, like the first team that has a winning record in their last 10, the Chicago Cubs, who we all expected to be sellers, and now probably like might be pivoting at the last minute to buy because everybody else seems to be tanking. Look at the divisional standings, looking at the NL West. We've got this pulled up. All five teams below 500 in their last 10 games. The Dodgers 4-6, and six, the Giants 4-6, and six, the Diamondbacks really struggling at 2-8, and eight, the Padres 6-4. and four. Okay, so Padres are above 500. They just swept the Rangers and the Rockies. Nobody cares about. So this is an interesting series. And when you start to look at the numbers of like the Diamondbacks have had guys hitting well. Cattell Marte has got an over like 1168 OPS the last two weeks. Christian Walker, 1107. Emmanuel Rivera, 1018. And then Corbin Carroll and Geraldo Perdomo, both above 900. They've got some guys that are hitting pretty well. But look at these, like, here's the guys who have started a game for them in the last in the last two weeks, Zach Davies, who is on the injured list, has a 22.09 ERA. Jose Ruiz, 11.25. Tommy Henry, 6.14. Zach Gallen, 5.40. Ryan Nelson, 4.85. Brandon Fott, 4.63, which is an improvement because his ERA for the season is 8.20. And then you have the one guy, right? Merrill Kelly, a 150 ERA. That's actually just one start in the last two weeks. That's a team that's struggling. I would not at all be surprised to see them pull off something before this podcast goes live. On the flip side, the Giants only have two guys with the OPS over 1,000 in the last two weeks, Wilmer Flores and Jock Peterson. Nobody else on the team is above 800 in the last two weeks. You got a ton. Eight, you got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine guys with an OPS of under 600 for the last two weeks. That's a struggling team also. They're starting pitchers, not faring much better. Anthony Desclafani, 11.37. Logan Webb, 6.32. Alex Wood, 5.06. Ross Stripling and Alec, Alex Cobb have been fine, 4.50 and 4.35. And then Ryan Walker, who has pitched in seven games, technically has started two, but he's only gone three innings in each of those. Hey, he has a 138 ERA the last two weeks. He's out there trying to just keep the entire team on his back. So the reason that this series is so significant to me is like, these are both teams with playoff aspirations. The Giants are literally leading the wild card race right now. Both of them have an opportunity. Somebody's got to win these games. Somebody's going to come out of this series feeling a little bit better, you know, whether it's a sweep one way or the other way or two to one, like somebody's going to feel a little bit better, but both of these teams have got to pull out of it because they're both kind of in a nosedive right now. Yeah. I'm surprised producer Brian didn't cut your mic when I talked about the Giants like that. 
tough times, tough times. But so the uh, the series I picked here was the Angels and the Braves, uh, in large part because I want an excuse to talk about the Angels again. Last time we were on the show together, then we were we were saying the Angels kind of had to decide what they're what they're doing here. We're invoking the name of Trey Cabbage to say that the Angels needed to, to decide to upgrade if they were going to actually keep Shohei Otani. Well, they decided very very soon after they were going to keep Otani. They're going to go get Giolito. They're going to go get um, Reynaldo Lopez. They're going to they're going to start to really try to rally around and uh, and do this thing. And it's been a fascinating week. Otani went nuts against the Tigers. He had one of uh, you know those historic days in baseball. And uh, goes crazy against the Blue Jays a bit too, and and uh, to the point where they finally realize they should probably start intentionally walking this guy. But we'll talk more Otani homers later in the show. <laughs> I mean, after Chapman yells at his manager, like, "Why are we pitching to him? He's the only effing guy on the team. Only who guy hit. who can hit." So the Angels, they're they're in a spot now. They're five back of the division, tough division. They're four back of the wild card, and they've got the Mariners, who are basically in the identical position to them. They are, I think, a half game back. Uh, there's a lot of traffic in the standings, and so this is technically doable. But the odds of this blowing up um, or just falling short—maybe, maybe it's not blowing up. It's just you just couldn't quite get there. You had too much of a falling too far behind before you decided this. Uh, pretty high. I mean, they, they just so many injuries, and the whole lineup has been decimated by injury, other than Otani. And uh, you know, if he cramps up again, we're gonna all go running for our lives. So. They're in a tough spot, and they go to see now the the Braves, who are has been really spinning their tires, I think, for almost all of July, but still are double-digit games up. They've won three in a row now. It's kind of getting back on their feet. But interesting one to watch here because this is a far, far more important series for uh, the Angels. Like every one of these is, as they have a really tough stretch, than it is for the Braves. So something to keep an eye on there. The Braves, I think, will be having some reinforcement coming back from the Angels uh, relatively soon. It's all about getting healthy for the postseason for them. So... Keep an eye on that uh, that Acuna guy too. They have a pretty good Acuna over there. Um, not he's not quite the Mets, Mets Acuna. Yeah, yeah, he's maybe one day. I mean, he has said actually that he thinks his little brother will be better than he is. I disagree, but that's I mean high praise from from his own brother. In contrast to that National League wild card race, by the way, I want to look at it like I'm looking at the wild card standings in the American League. Now the Rays are four and six in their last ten. The Yankees are in the process of getting stomped by the Orioles, so they're gonna be. Uh, it depends on how it lines up 10 games ago, whatever. They're currently 5-5 five and five in their last 10. After the Rays, though, if you go down, so Houston, Toronto, Boston, New York, LA, Seattle, Cleveland, all of them are at or above 500 in their last 10 games. You have to go all the way down to Detroit, who is 12 games back, to find a team that's under 500 in their last 10 games. So American League surging, National League floundering. That's where we find ourselves with, as it currently stands, just under 48 hours to the trade deadline. It'll be fewer hours than that by the time this airs. Levi, you know what time it is. As we get to every Monday episode, we check in on the arms race. We check in on the Homer chase. And let's start with the Homer chase because uh, things traditionally have gone pretty well for me here. Um, and because we actually have finality here. I picked Shohei Otani. I said, this is the week. I got to go Otani. Nice week for it. Three homers. You picked Kyle Schwarber. Uh, didn't come up empty, but he did have one homer. Uh, but that pushes my lead to 19 to 13 on the season. Feeling really good about uh, this. Oh, no, Tani uh, is what Percy Ryan just put up on the on the Chiron. So let's go to our, um, well, let's check on the arms race too. We just, we both picked a, at the time, Mets starting pitcher, future Hall of Fame starting pitcher to make a start over the weekend. 
And uh, we don't actually have a final answer here because I'm waiting on the game score 2.0 for Justin Verlander, but I feel pretty confident in the way this one's going. Max Scherzer, for you, he went for a 65 uh, game score 2.0. That's good. Uh, seven innings of seven innings of one hit ball, six hits, two walks, seven strikeouts. That's you know that's what you want from from uh, Max Scherzer if you're going to pay 35 million to get rid of him. What? Justin Verlander, five and a third, five hits, one run. Uh, no homers, one walk, five strikeouts. It just doesn't feel like he got there with that one, but we'll have to wait and see. So before we let the good people go, let's make our uh, weekly homer chase picks. And I have to, this is the point of the season. We're only allowed to pick a guy from uh, every team one time. It's getting tough. Like we're, I'm starting to run out of like good picks. So I targeted uh, Coors Field again, and I decided uh, I did too. There's, there's a number of Padres to pick. I kind of feel good with any of them. I'm going to go with Manny Machado, though. Manny Machado is my pick. Okay. All right. So I am down to either. Like, Juan Soto is the good, is that's the right guy to pick. He He's the guy that I should be picking. But I just watched Gary Sanchez hit two home runs against the Rangers on Sunday. He tends to hit his in bunches. I'm going Gary Sanchez. I, I need some makeup room here, and I need to have one of those, like, five home run uh, weeks from Gary Sanchez. By the way, Shifting subjects for just a minute on the topic of the Angels. This will not be that new by the time this airs, but it is brand new right now that the Angels, not content to take Mike Moustakas from the Rockies, have now acquired Randall Grichik and CJ Krohn from the Rockies. Randall Grichik and CJ Krohn. I mean, I don't know who the Rockies have left. They get back uh, right-handed pitcher Jake, Jake Madden and left-handed pitcher Mason Albright. So the Angels are also. I actually find that for it. very interesting. CJ Crone is a guy who I had kind of jokingly in every single prediction and power rankings decided was going to Milwaukee. There's just like their their type of move. I like that ad. Richard has been having a good year. Crone has huge power. Man, I mean they're they're doing what they have to to like reinfuse some veteran presence into that lineup. I like that move. They're doing what they can. I think they're they're just like it's um, bad analogy for anyone who doesn't do this, but like. I have a fantasy college basketball league, and and you either do you go all in or you go all out, and they're doing that all in thing where like you can't get enough depth, you you just can't add enough, and you're just gonna say next year, who cares about next year? We're all about trying to keep Shohei Otani. Uh, C.J. Crone, Brian notes, uh, former Angel, back to uh, back to the Angels. I was just looking at that. It was not great as an Angel, 756 uh, OPS in uh, four years as an Angel. That is his lowest OPS of any team that he's played for. He's 828 with Colorado, 780 with Minnesota. 816 with the Tampa Bay Rays, and I completely forgot that he played for the Detroit Tigers, had an 894 OPS there in a total of 13 games uh, back in 2020, which is probably why I don't remember it. That's a black hole for my memory. Yeah, so that's the latest big trade. Nice, nice. Well, I appreciate you breaking that on the air here for us. Randall Grichik, um, what's been weird about him, he's got great numbers this year, and Planet Coors will help you there, but not a ton of homers. He has eight homers, and traditionally he's like a 20, 20 plus homer guy. So we'll see what happens, and full complement of games, of course, will help. But the Angels doing stuff, trying stuff. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens over the course of the next two days, but it should be enjoyable, Levi. Um, good luck with all your newslettering. I'm going to keep attacking my. Uh, Trade grades with enthusiasm unknown to mankind. There are going to be so many trades. And uh, until the clock hits 6 o'clock Eastern on Tuesday, we just we just won't know. But, hey, we'll be back on Thursday. Uh, it'll be a, a fascinating look post-deadline. Uh, but for now, we're going to get out of here. we got to go. Thanks to producer Brian for uh, helping us out here. Thanks to you, the listener, for checking in. 
You can find our work all week long at theathletic.com. Subscribe to The Athletic for $2 per month for the first year at theathletic.com slash baseball show. Sign up for The Windup, The Athletic's daily baseball newsletter with Levi and Ken Rosenthal for absolutely free. Next up in your feed, Jim Bowden is on Starkville to tell tall tales of trade deadlines past and give a preview of the final 24 hours leading up to this year's deadline. You're not going to want to miss that conversation. Give us a follow on Twitter. Levi is at 32EFIS, and I'm Stephen J. Nesbitt. The two of us will be back on Thursday with more of what's on deck. Follow me on Nesbitter. It's in beta. I have invite codes. See you there. Bye.